This is Story Quest. Brand new stories you'll want to hear again and again. Watch out, Bitu! Marty screams. Bitu? Bitu! Are you okay? It's... It's all right, Mati. I'm... I'm okay. I'm not hurt. Well, ouch! Not much. Stunned and wobbling, Bitu the cup pulls himself to his feet and gives his sister, Mati, a plucky smile. I jumped away just in time, Mati. The moment you yelled a warning, I jumped. He rubs his left knee as Mati tenderly smooths his fur. I heard a loud snap. What happened? She asks. The two cubs peer at a menacing-looking contraption lying half-hidden on the ground. It's two rows of giant steel teeth, now firmly locked together. What is that evil thing? It could have had my leg off. Mati knows exactly what it is. She'd hope she'd never actually see one. It's a tiger trap, Bitu. Poachers use them. They're designed to snare unsuspecting animals as they walk through the long grass. They want to capture us, dead or alive. As fast as they could get home, the two cubs burst into the cave where their mum, Tala, is quietly reading while Uncle Raj takes a nap. Mum! Mum! Uncle Raj! <coughs> what? What is it? Calm down, cubs. Are you okay? There are poachers in the forest. Wake up, Uncle. What'll we do? Poachers? Are you sure? Yes. Bitu shows his uncle a patch of fur torn from his knee. I nearly got my whole leg trapped in a huge set of giant razor-sharp teeth. He demonstrates by slapping his paws together as hard as he can. Snap! His mother winces and shoots a nervous glance at uncle. Ah! Don't tell me the poachers are outside already. Raj, what are we going to do? The cubs are not used to seeing their mum panicked like this. Everyone, get down! Tala, you and me, let's crawl to the window. But stay low. Let's try and see what's going on. Careful, Mom. Oh my goodness. What is it, Mummy? I can't believe my eyes. What? Tell us. Is it bad? It's your Uncle Vijay on a tuk-tuk. The cubs come forward to see that, sure enough, there's Uncle Vijay climbing out of the driver's seat of a slightly dilapidated little green and yellow three-wheeler. As always, he is wearing a cream and gold kaftan with a garland of fresh marigolds around his neck. And he's smiling serenely. Relieved, the family rush out to greet him. What do you think of my new wheels, eh, Raj? Uncle Vijay is clearly very pleased with himself. Uncle Raj circles the tuk-tuk 
chuckling. How on earth did you come by that? And how exactly do you intend to drive it? To my certain knowledge, you've never had a driving lesson in your life. Uncle Vijay seems undeterred by such snags. I swapped it for some of my old vinyl records and photographs. It seems the 60s are in at the moment. Hipster cats go wild for retro. And I thought this tuk-tuk would come in really handy for transporting my sitar to gigs. It's too heavy to keep lugging around on my bike. What about the petrol? There isn't a filling station for miles. I'm hoping to convert it to solar power. And as for me not knowing how to drive, it's okay, it's an automatic. Raj shakes his head in despair. But Bittu and Mati are super impressed. How fast does it go? Bittu asks excitedly. Can we have a ride? Please, please, begs Mati. Uncle Vijay is about to reply when Uncle Raj cuts through the cub's excitement, reminding them of the current danger. Vijay, I'm afraid we've got a serious situation here. Go on. Vijay is all ears. Well, we've saved the forest and Tigeropolis is fast becoming the go-to destination for wildlife watching in India, but I'm afraid our growing reputation has attracted more sinister visitors. Poachers! Oh, no! I'm afraid so. And they're using those brutal Raptor 2000 traps. Uncle Vijay is horrified at the news. This is really serious. We should go check out where it happened. See if we can at least make the area safe for now. Come on. Good job I got the tuk-tuk, eh? I am not sure it's built to carry five tigers and a sitar. Dala holds on for dear life as the three-wheeler skids along the dirt tracks. Eventually, they skid to a halt and the passengers tumble out, rather relieved. Remind me not to accept a lift from Uncle Vijay again. Bittu identifies the spot. It was here, uncles. Freeze! Nobody move. From now on, we must test the ground. We need to use a long, sturdy stick, like this. Uncle Raj holds up the stick, then starts prodding the grass in front of him. The tigers gingerly set about copping him, prodding away deep into the long grass. Suddenly, Matti holds up half a snapped-off stick. That could have been my leg! The tigers look in horror at a raptor 2000. Its gleaming metal teeth locked firmly together just a few centimetres from where Mutti is standing, trembling. The park is covered in deadly traps. Vijay turns to his brother gravely. So, Raj, what are we going to do? is a Bell Media production narrated by Ashwika Kapoor, written by R.D. Dijkstra, 
Story editor Angela Salt, supported by the Audio Content Fund. And now a special Tigeropolis eco feature exploring important conservation issues. Today, it's all about water, and we're with biologist and natural history presenter Gillian Burke at the Cornwall Beaver Project with the children of Ladock Primary School. So my name is Gillian Burke. I am a biologist. I write about nature. I even present about nature on TV. But today I'm here with some children from Laddock Primary School to look at a really special water and conservation project, the Cornwall Beaver Project. 2017 was the first time that I came here because a pair of Eurasian beavers were introduced into this area here. And the farmer, Chris, he had this idea that the village had been flooded loads. And there were lots of ideas of how to deal with the, the fact that Laddock was flooding a lot. But Chris, together with Cornwall Wildlife Trust, and you know, a group of people from the village as well, all got together and said, well, why don't we try bringing back beavers? What do beavers do that helps the land and water? Well, you know, as we saw, beavers build dams. They do that by gnawing away at trees. See those strange stumps there? They look like sharpened pencils, don't they? Well, that's where they've been gnawing at trees. So they build their dams, and the dams trap the water, and it creates these lakes and ponds, and it changes the landscape. They are ecosystem engineers. They're keystone species. So one animal can create opportunities for loads more animals to live in that environment. So what they do is they help make a place more livable. What do beavers eat? Well, that's an interesting one because a lot of people think beavers eat fish because, well, they live in the water and they make all these ponds. But actually they eat vegetation, the bark, leaves, twigs, but definitely not fish. So, I don't know whether we wanted to have a go at building a dam. Yeah. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. Should we? Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay, get a bit messy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't mind. You don't mind? Okay. So we're going to use our teeth to chew a tree down because oh, that's yeah. the beginning that's of building be a dam. Yeah. Well, we're going to do what we've got to have to be like a beaver. Um, that's what we've got to do. Gonna so do who's going to volunteer now? Me. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> And the dams don't look that big, can they really stop floods? <laughs> yeah, so the dams here ha are actually stopping floods. People kind of assumed that's what beaver dams do, but no one, at least in Britain, had really measured it. Before they brought, put the beavers into this area, they measured how quickly the water flows through this valley. And then when the beavers started building their dams, they measured again how quickly the water flows. And they found that the beaver dams make a huge difference. They slow the water down when the water's going really fast. But the other really important thing, which kind of sounds like the opposite, is they also keep water here when there's not enough rain. So they help when there's floods, but they also help when there's droughts. Are there any other places in Britain with beavers? Yes, so the um, River Otter in Devon 
has beavers. That's a very famous site now because um, they, they live free. They're not fenced in. Um, there are other projects where a bit more like the beaver project here where they are in enclosures. And then in Scotland as well, they have beavers. What are baby beavers called? The baby beavers are called kits. And the really special thing is when we were here at the Spring Watch, we were told they'd had kits. And the only reason why we knew that they were there is because if you stood here in the spring and you were really quiet and listened carefully, you could hear them. And the sound they made was a bit like this. They'd sort of like a, like a, a whiny hum. <laughs> why is it taking so long to bring beavers back? It's taken a long time because for a long time people didn't notice they were gone. What can we do to help conservation in our own lives? Big word. Um, conservation, what can we do? I think it's exactly what you're already doing today. You've, you've gotten really stuck in with the environment. You've gotten really comfortable with the, being muddy, using sticks. Um, I think as children, that's the main thing. Spend as much time as you can exploring the outdoors. This is a Bell Media production for the Audio Content Fund. Thanks for coming on a story quest with us. If you like that story, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you never miss an episode.